What is up, everybody? My name is MJ, and you are listening to the MTG in Quarantine podcast, where the motto is EDH, community now and always. As usual, before I get started with today's episode, I'd like to give a quick shout out to my local game store, Guardian Games. You can find Guardian Games on the web at ggportland.com. I'd also like to utilize this opportunity to give a huge shout out and thank you to all the awesome people who support me over at patreon.com slash MTG in Quarantine. So a huge round of thank yous to Mr. Big Benz, Frugal Brutal, Nick S., and Coach Jero for supporting the show. If you'd like to help support the show and help me make more awesome content, head on over to patreon.com slash quarantine for more information. And you can pick up your very own MTG in Quarantine brand and playmat over at Inked Gaming. That's I-N-K-E-D gaming.com. Got two really awesome versions, both the full color logo as well as the great scale version. You're going to want one for you and all of your friends. So again, you can go on over to Inked Gaming. That's I-N-K-E-D gaming.com for more information. You can find the link to that in the episode description below. Also, I am a Quiver Time ambassador for Quiver Time products. So if you are interested in picking up any Bolt, Quiver cases, Orion Playmat tubes, or any of the Quiver Time family products, you can save 10% off your order with the promo code MTGIQ in all lower caps. Again, MTGIQ for 10% off your order in the promo code at checkout. So again, definitely check that out. You can find all the links to that stuff in the episode description below. And on to today's episode. So today's episode is going to be all about Mark Rosewater's Tumblr post previewing Murders at Karloff Manor. I typically do this before every brand new standard set to kind of give some of my speculations on what some of these cards are that we might be potentially seeing in the set. And again, if you're going to ask, hey, MJ, are you actually correct on these? I'm going to say no. I'm typically very wrong. But again, that's the fun of speculation. That's why I do these episodes so that y'all can definitely listen back to these, especially after the cards have been spoiled and say, you know, MJ was kind of wrong. I'm okay with that. It Honestly, I find the speculation fun. That's why I do this. So I'm going to basically go through the Tumblr post section by section, kind of choose a couple of the cards that are included in each, and then just give my thoughts on each. So I'm not going to be covering all, each and every one of those. And again, if you want to check the post for yourself, I will have the link to that in the episode description. So I'm going to start off with the uh, just here's some things you can expect section. So I think the first one that a lot of people really want to talk about is a new enchantment subtype called Case. Obviously, this is going to be a murder mystery a la Clue. So it makes perfect sense for there to be a new, not necessarily a card type, but a subtype here for enchantments. So again, we have no clue exactly what clues these or sorry, what these cases, excuse me, are going to be. But it probably there'll be some kind of weird little mini game i guess um that the because if you think about cases and clues clues typically would go into the case right so I, I feel like this would be the kind of card that would have multiple portions to it 
I, I have seen some folks talk about potentially something like a saga, again, with being a multi-part enchantment type card. And I'm just curious to see if this would be something like that, where you would have to, you know, pay extra mana to continue finding something, or you would have to meet certain conditions to be able to move on up the chain. I don't know if this would be more like a level up card or be more like a, a saga where, you know, you get some more information, quote unquote, every upkeep, you know, or every, excuse me, every one of your upkeeps, something like that. So just definitely something to keep in mind here. Also, it's definitely not going to be the kind of card we're probably going to be seeing after this set too much, if at all. So I feel like this is definitely going to be one of those parasitic mechanics that you may hear about that it may just be able to only feed upon this particular set and then we never see it again. So just something interesting to have there. Um, okay, we have a green sorcery that you can have any number of in your deck. So if you play EDH and you play one of the Relentless Rats or Persistent Petitioners, excuse me, kinds of decks, you, you can have, or Shadowborn Apostles especially, you can have any number of those cards in your deck. And that's especially important for EDH where it's obviously a singleton format. And we have seen green sorceries before that you can have any number of your deck. I believe Muscle Burst, you were allowed to do that. But so it'll be interesting to see how exactly they will be bringing this in to into the Ravnica setting. And yeah, I, again, I think the last time we saw something like this was Dragon's Approach a couple of years ago in one of the Modern Horizons sets of being a red sorcery. And obviously you want to make sure you have more of those in your deck to give you payoff. So I wonder exactly how powerful this card is going to be. If it's anything like Dragon's Approach, it is absolutely busted in a lot of ways. Very, very, very good card. And it's going to be the kind of thing that people want 20 to 25 of for, for their decks that run that. So I guess I'm just curious to see exactly how they're going to do that. Also, it's important in the draft. Actually, I guess it's really not all that important in the draft environment because you can draft as many copies of those as you need. So... I guess really it's not all that important unless there's some kind of synergy with number of uh, copies of certain cards you have in your deck, the kind of right of flame type effect. So we shall definitely see exactly what that's going to be. Uh, and then a creature that allows you an alternate non-mana cost for all your spells. So again, folks really love all sorts of alternative casting costs. And this is definitely going to be a creature that is going to, and again, it says all of your spells. So obviously to make this balanced, I feel like it's going to have to be an extremely ridiculous downside um, to be able to do that. So more than just discarding a card, you're probably going to have to jump through multiple hoops, kind of like your uh, vampire neonate kind of thing, where it's like you have to discard a card, sacrifice the creature, and do like two other things for you to actually be able to get the... To be able to, yeah, to be able to actually get the effect. So I guess I'm curious, <clears throat> since there's a non-mana cost for all your spells, um, there, there's got to be a ridiculous downside to this card. But again, it'll be interesting to see how they do that, because again, everyone loves free spells, and if it's on a creature, you know, that gives it legs. Um, or is this going to be an artifact creature? I do wonder, is this going to be something where, you know, you can throw it in any deck, because all of a sudden, something like that could potentially be the next 40 uh, excuse me $40 card for this particular set. If if Roaming Throne has taught us anything from Lost Caverns of Ixalan, it's that colorless creatures, artifact creatures are extremely valuable because you can throw them in any deck. So I guess I'm curious to know if this will end up following that trend or if it's going to have a color identity tacked onto it. So just something interesting to look at there and then a card with four different hybrid symbols and its mana cost. This is Ravnica. There's going to be guilds. <clears throat> It'll probably be some kind of guild card. I'm not exactly sure what, but uh, we'll, we'll probably see. 
And something tells me green is probably going to get left out of that, but uh, that's just me. Yeah, so then we're going to move on to some of the rules text that's going to be showing up on some of the cards. So uh, we get creature cards in your graveyard gain. You may cast this card from your graveyard until end of turn. Obviously, reanimation is really cool. Uh, the, the, the fact that this card won't allow you to reanimate things for free will definitely hinder it. Uh, but again, it doesn't say anything about, uh, potentially about this card, those cards you cast potentially being exiled. So I'm curious, could you go on an infinite loop with this sort of thing or just loop a whole bunch of value with the same, like a grave crawler type effect in there where you just keep casting and recasting and recasting a sacrifice, get some value, recast, 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 definitely kind of a black card I would imagine here. And it'll be interesting to see exactly how this fits into the set, because again, what we know of for the lore, at least at this point, as I am recording this episode, we've only had two stories released. So I'm not exactly sure how this is going to uh, affect anything. But again, we're probably going to be seeing and getting some more answers as the story goes along here. So we may start seeing some kind of necromancy, who knows? Um, otherwise, I'm not really exactly sure how this fits in, unless we're talking about the Golgari. And of course, you know, with them, all bets are off. Um, then we have a card that says you may search your graveyard, hand, and or library for a card named Magnifying Glass and or a card named Thinking Cap and put them onto the battlefield. So I believe there was, there was a card in this M19, I believe, or M20, which uh, had a similar effect, like Relic of Dragonfire, something like that. And again, these are just going to be draft commons, maybe an uncommon. They're going to have a very nominal effect, very small effect. But again, it's always nice to be able to tutor those exact cards from your library onto the battlefield for free, effectively. And uh, we, we have seen Magnifying Glass before. I believe it was in one of the Innistrad blocks. So again, it's a mana of three, three mana mana rock. They'll allow you to either tap for colorless, or if you pay four and tap, you can get a clue token. So, again, this is the kind of card we've seen before. It's going to make perfect sense with the entire theme of this deck. And, yeah, it'll just be... Cur I'm just curious to see exactly what kind of card this is going to be. Is this potentially going to be our uh, main protagonist, who's, who's all, whose name, I, again, I cannot remember off the top of my head, but uh, who's in, in theoretically charged with solving this case? So I'm just curious to know if that's going to be that character's card or not. Uh, let's see, we are going to see if an ability of a creature you control a power 2 or less triggers, that ability triggers an additional time. This is such a powerful ability. This card is going to be, unless this is completely nerfed with a once per turn type rule, if it's not, this is also going to be one of those sleeper hits that's probably going to be extremely, extremely expensive because folks definitely, especially in EDH, love these kinds of effects. And, uh, you know, power two or less, you know, there's a lot of creatures out there power two or less that have powerful abilities. I'm looking at all the aristocrats pieces. So, yeah, this this could be extremely powerful. <clears throat> Another one that I know people are really kind of freaking out about is whenever you sacrifice a clue, target opponent gets two poison counters. So, again, we had poison counters arrive in, in a different way with all the Phyrexia blocks, whether that was the Mirrodin block or whether that was the most recent Phyrexian arc from the last year, year and a half. And the way I look at it is I like the poison counters in here because this doesn't necessarily have to mean we're going to have Infect come back because Infect was a Phyrexian mechanic. And since they're out of the story right now, and I really hope that they are not never coming back, honestly, because I'm, I'm not a fan of the Phyrexians, but personally, but... 
Um, the fact that you can get two poison counters here definitely could, you know, indicate actual poisoning of other players, you know, via via poison, right? So this, I, well, I'm I'm a little hesitant to see exactly what kind of card this is tacked onto. Uh, the fact that it gives target opponent two poison counters definitely makes it feel as though it's like, well, you, your character is stabbing another character with a poison dagger and they're taking extra damage. And again, this being a murder or murder mystery set, it makes perfect sense the poison would be included in some shape or form as an assassination tool. And I'm sure we're going to be seeing some of that and in, in the story coming up. So hopefully there won't be too much poison support here because, again, if there's something that's really divisive in the ADH community especially, it is infect and poison counters. So I'm just curious to see how exactly this is going to be you know, included in the set, and also if this is going to be a one-off poison counter type thing, uh, or or if it's going to be a more of an underlying theme in the set. So just some interesting stuff to see there. Not exactly sure where that's going to go, but again, that's why I do this, all the speculation. Moving on to creature type lines from the set, uh, we do have some very interesting ones here. Some very odd combinations, I would say. Uh, we have an elf crocodile detective. Uh, this definitely see, seems to me like a Simic-type card, because elves in the Simic Combine seem to love being combined with other weird aquatic creatures. So I can definitely see this being something that they would be up to. And then also we, we must be getting the subtype Detective as well, which also makes sense. And again, Wizards has shown a, a, a keen interest in including many more of these creature subtypes as of late especially with a lot of the new sets, especially with the Universes Beyond sets, where all, where all of a sudden you don't necessarily need to fit the existing template for, uh, <clears throat> for these kinds of things to work. So just some interesting interesting things there. Uh, artifact creature, a clue fish. Um, we have seen something like this before with the 1-1 fish tokens in Streets of New Capenna, and I'm just curious to know if this is going to be something like that where, you know, someone gets turned into a fish or just some weird things like that. Uh, we also have an insect thopter. Not exactly how that sure that's going to work because thopters are technically not really from Ravnica as far as I know. So I'm kind of curious to know exactly how that fits into the whole uh, into the whole thing. But uh, potentially we might be seeing a new Birds of Paradise type, uh, type thing. So, sorry, excuse me, an ornithopter of paradise. Excuse me. Potentially, we'll be seeing some offshoot of that, maybe, because that was originally from Ravnica, or at least it, Birds of Paradise was printed, at least in some of the Ravnica sets, or at least it feels like it was. So maybe we'll be seeing something like that before. I have no clue, but that's uh, that's the fun in, uh, in speculating, isn't it? And we also get a Mole God legendary creature. I'm not exactly sure how that's all going to fit in, because gods have a very odd relationship with the game mechanics. So I'm curious to know how how that's going to work. And then we get some of the some of the names in the set, just card names, and just wanted to shout out a few of them here. Um, we're we're gonna get uh, caught red-handed. It just you know sounds like a fun little common, probably like a removal spell or a counter spell is gonna be my guess. Um, homicide investigator. Wonder if this is going to be like a Thraben Inspector type card where it's going to be a single white or two white. You're going to get a clue token on ETB. Just something like that. It doesn't add up. To me, sounds like either a blue or a red card. I'm not quite sure. I don't know why I, when, when I say that, I can think of like a red direct burn spell, but uh, it's probably more of a blue card. But honestly, it'd be kind of fun if it was a like a lightning bolt type card where you can uh, 
hit hit an opponent in the face for like four damage or something. And we get scene of the crime. Um, not really sure exactly what that would be. Um, I, I want to say that'd be kind of like a location card, but we don't really have anything like that. So maybe maybe an enchantment. It doesn't really feel like an artifact, so probably more like an enchantment type card where you know maybe maybe you'll be able to get a case uh, enchantment out of your deck or something, or you know give some kind of boost to your to your, get extra clue tokens or uh, yes yeah, something like that. So and then private eye definitely sounds like a creature of some sort, a very common creature who probably TBS gives you a clue token or something like that for two and a blue, let's say. So. Just uh, just interesting things, and yeah, this is going to be an interesting set. Obviously, I've read the first two chapters of this particular story. There is some intrigue going on, not quite sure where things are going to go, but again, that's what a murder mystery is all about, right? Is that you're going to get turned around so many times that what seems obvious doesn't seem so obvious after a while, and you kind of lose track of where things are going. So again, it'll be interesting to see where things go. This set will be released next month, I believe. We'll be getting previews here soon, but again, I wanted to make sure that I got my speculations out here now so I could prove myself wrong as soon as the cards get released. So looking forward to that, and I hope y'all out there have a good rest of your day and are also excited for Murders at Karloff Manor. I'd like to utilize this opportunity again to give another huge shout out and thank you to all the awesome people who support me over at patreon.com slash mdgandquarantine. So huge round of thank yous again to Mr. Big Benz, Nick S., Frugal Brutal, and Coach Jero for supporting the show. If you'd like to help support the show and help me make more awesome content, head on over to patreon.com slash mdgandquarantine for more information. And I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the MTG and Quarantine Podcast. My name's MJ. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.